All right. Wow. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for being here today. This is actually a super special episode um, because <laughs> we're one, we're taping it live on Instagram. Two, it's an interview episode, and it, the entire episode is dedicated to the beautiful, talented, and amazing Toshiba Billings, who we're going to be talking to today about her book, No Handouts for Black Girls. <laughs> now, let me talk you. When I read this book for the first time, like I was going through it and I was like, sis. <laughs> God. You're applying God. pressure. <laughs> You're applying pressure, sis. I'm like, first of all, is this about, are you talking to me? Like, is this my personal experience? Who told you? I went through these things. Who told you? I, I don't, I'm like, saying. where did this info come from? Somebody didn't downloaded my entire life into your book, like, sis, what? And I immediately, I immediately figured and said to myself that once I, I didn't even, guys, I hadn't even started the podcast yet. I hadn't even <laughs> dropped an official episode yet when I was like, no, <laughs> no, I have to have her on the show. I have to have her on it. Um, the, the book is timely. It's so well written. It's funny. It's relatable. It's uh, it's you. heartwarming. It's it's everything. And I I just literally was like, yeah, I have to talk to her about this piece of work. This is amazing. Um, and I give flowers to when flowers are due. I don't wait. If I admire you, you're going to know that I admire you. If I think you're you're doing something and I and I see it and I love it, I'm gonna let you know that I see you and I love what you're doing and I'm gonna encourage you to keep going forward. So um I really wanted to take the opportunity to do that with you today. Um if you guys haven't guessed <laughs> by now <laughs> we're doing 21 questions with Toshiba and that's what 21 questions about. 21 questions. I didn't even plan it that way. It just so kind of worked out. And I was like, me and my little creativity, I was like, okay, 21 questions it is. You know, 21, Toshiba, it all kind of works out. You see how that works? And my baby at 21, so. <laughs> it's a good number. It's a good number, it's a good number. Right? It's a good number. So let me just give you guys a little bit of tea. So Toshiba is a native Torontonian. She, in the last year, published seven books, self-published seven books. One, seven. Uh, six of those books um, belong to a, a series about yep. a lovely young lady named Sienna. And the seventh book is No Handouts for Black Girls. And that is the book that we're going to be talking about today. But obviously, we're going we're gonna to dish a little bit about the Sienna series because <laughs> it's sexy. A little bit. Just a little, little bit. A little sexy. A little sexy. A little bit. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, seven books, uh, self-published, self-proclaimed bad bitch. That's what we're talking <laughs> to you today. <laughs> That's what we're talking I'm to today. Billings, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I really, really appreciate you. Um, yeah, so... You know, let's jump into it. Let's let's just give I'm ready. them what they want. Let's give the people we're ready, we're ready. what they're here for. I'm just jumping I'm in. Ready. And I'm gonna do that throughout this whole entire recording. <laughs> It'll be English, Patois, whatever. <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> I mean, it's part of the repertoire. Why not use it? <laughs> exactly. Right? It's a thing. <laughs> so as I was saying, we're doing 21 questions with today with Toshiba. Uh, obsessible is 
about primarily film and television, what I'm obsessing over, what I'm watching, what I'm loving, what I'm anticipating, what I'm excited about. And um, actually, before I even jump into that, let me tell y'all who I am. Um, hey, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> this is your girl, your host, your bestie, <laughs> Nicole, aka Nikki. <laughs> and uh, I'm here again with Toshiba. So question number one. I'm ready. I'm ready. Ready? You're yes. Ready, ready, ready. Okay. I'm ready. What are you watching on TV right now? Okay. So what I'm actually currently watching is Couples Retreat. Okay. So I'm obsessed now with Couples Retreat. And they, they feature some of our favorite reality show couples. Yeah. And Michael Blackson and his girlfriend. I, Lord, I don't even know what the situation is. However, before Couples Retreat, I, I don't know how I found it, but The Beauty and the Baker, I got obsessed with it and, like, went through the entire season. Like, I was just, like, show after show after show yes. after show. <laughs> Love The Beauty and the Baker. It was hilarious from the first episode to the last episode. Yes. And then um, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So my boyfriend's really into um, Marvel, and so he made sure that I watched The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So those, The Falcon and Winter Soldier, I think, ended last week. So yeah. that's done with Beauty and the Baker. I don't even know. I just happened to catch it on Netflix. I think I was watching yeah. it on. But yeah. Couples Retreat is on now. And again, it is. I'm a reality show person. I can't even lie. So I saw some of my reality show favorites. I was like, I'm in it. So that's you. the thing. I, I'm so here for Beauty and the Baker. I found it really randomly on Netflix and done that. Like, <laughs> I was like, bang, bang, bang. <laughs> Thank you, right? <laughs> finished it i love the story it was so much fun it was so cute and so relatable um yeah and just i did you know it was a remake of what so the original beauty and the baker came out in 2014 if you want to watch the original it's on amazon prime and it's for free and so it looks like it was in a uh it's a transplant from uh, oh. South America, I think. So they just recreated it, made it an American. But I love the fact that it was, it featured um, um, Hispanic American yes. family. I love yeah. it. They didn't whitewash it at all. Um, they came all. through. And that was, that was really enjoyable. I don't think I'd seen anything NBC, ABC, like, I don't know, in popular network that yeah. features that kind of story. Yeah. Um, and prominently features a, um, a Hispanic um, family throughout the entire thing. It wasn't like, it wasn't stereotypical. It wasn't anything. Yeah. It was a really big celebration of um, American, Latin, specifically Cuban culture. And I yeah. really love Loved that. It. So yeah, here Me for that. Too. Don't even have to talk about Falcon and the Winter, Winter Soldier. Girl, I really knew you were watching it. <laughs> that was a Saturday night ritual. This is just like Marvel me. <laughs> My brother would actually wait till it came out at midnight and he would make me stay up. He's like, okay, it's midnight. We have to watch it now. And I'm like, okay, I guess we're going to watch it now. But I, I did not, not like, I, I don't know Marvel like he does, but I've watched most of the Marvel stuff, but I really did enjoy that. So yeah, I I'm, I'm, can't wait till next season. I definitely dedicated a good chunk of episode two of my podcast to talking about that specific show. The entire oh, wow. episode. Yeah. The entire episode of, of the entire second episode of my podcast <clears throat> pardon me it's dedicated to superheroes so naturally i had to talk about falcon and the winter soldier that, that, that was, a it was a must um okay love your choices yay <laughs> um okay in terms of movies and tv shows is there anything that you're that's coming up and you're excited to see that 
Yes, girl. And honestly, COVID is like ruining everything for me for my shows. I am looking forward to Insecure because we want to know what happens with Issa and if she going to accept the side, side, maybe side, baby. We don't even know. Oh. Right? Girl, what is happening? So I Insecure Black AF because I am a fan. I know a lot of people gave it slap, but Black AF power to Kenya Barris and P Valley. I love me some pea valley. I'm, <laughs> I'm sad. <laughs> I'm not just sad. Pea valley all day. I'm not even a little bit surprised about that at all. Um, and yes, yes, and yes. I watched the only one of that group that I haven't watched is Black AF. I started it, didn't finish it. Yeah, look. It, it's just uh, nothing against the show. I, it's just hard to keep my attention. And I do have a very specific taste in terms of things that I'm watching. And I tend not to choose comedy. If I'm going to choose something, oh. I tend not to. Yeah. If there's comedy in, in roped into something that I'm watching, yay, I'm here for it. Love it. Yeah. Yes. But I tend not to choose it. So I, I'll, I'll choose fantasy, science fiction, and mythology first, and then action and drama second. And then Girl, I almost forgot one. As you said, Lovecraft Country. Oh yes, yes. Like what happens? What, what's what's going on? Like we we, we got to know. <laughs> Honestly, where they where could they even go in season two? Listen, after the women did the whole transformation, girl. If that wasn't listen, I remember the times I was like, oh my, th this is oh she they did that that whole transformation from the black woman to the white woman and back again like a lot that was something interesting that was i was like i wasn't expecting that on tv so definitely lovecraft country i am looking forward to that i i happened to like someone mentioned it and i was like oh i'll i'll try it out after the first episode i was hooked really okay yeah. i would never have guessed that but um yeah there was every week i literally would have this moment like i don't think i've ever seen that black people in that situation on tv or in movies before like literally every week i would say that and I, like it was just it was most of the time my mouth was open and I, my jaw was on the floor like what like yeah i love I, I think my thing was like who comes up with this like there's some things that are fairly predictable yes. and i'm very good at predicting next things in movies Lovecraft Country from week to week to week, I could not predict what was happening next. Like, I, I really, there was maybe one time yeah. I was like, okay, I knew that. But other than that, it's always like, what? Yeah. How? Huh? Right. Uh, and then like, you have to go back and go, did I miss something? Because mm -hmm, I'm mm -hmm. not. Yeah, girl. Yeah. So those, those four. Absolutely. Those four. Yep, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. All of those choices are great choices. All right. So let's get into the meat and potatoes as to why you're here. Now, you're an author. What? Something like that. <laughs> it's still a thing. When I hear that, I, you know, I do like to call myself an authoress. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an authoress. Okay. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm taking the cue from Maya from Girlfriends from back in the day. She was an author. She was an authoress. That is so I'm an authoress. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm an so authoress. True. I love it. How did this happen? So you wrote six books. In six months. In six so, months? 
Yeah. So here's what happened. COVID happened. Here's the thing. I've always liked writing. I really enjoyed writing. I remember writing stories as a teenager. I'd make up these stories. Don't have any of them to this day because, Lord, I'm 41. So anyway, I digress. Um, and so I actually started writing this book. And I was like, I'm going to write a book about, you know, a dancer and what happens in the club. And, blah, blah. and I kind of just started writing. Mm-hmm. And honestly, COVID happened. And I, I was getting up, you know, I was in the corporate world. I was getting up, you know, in the morning to write at least an hour and throw some stuff out there. Um, and I was like, eventually when the book is finished, I will publish it. I'll figure it out. I'll either shop it around, I'll self-publish, I'll figure something out. And then COVID happened. And quite frankly, I was like, um, <laughs> like the shutdown happened. I was like, what do I do now? And something came to me and I was like, why not just turn the book you're writing into a series instead of waiting for it to finish, mm-hmm. turn it into a series. And I randomly chose the number six. There's no rhyme and reason why I chose six. Okay. I was like, I'm going to write, you know, and then I was going to do them in six months. So okay. by the time it happened, I had enough for about two and a half books. So I'm like, I'm going to go through it. I'm going to say where, you know, clearly where does, where does each one stop? And then where does it pick up? So I had about two in a bit and then I had to write the other three in a bit. And I was just like, should I do them once every few months? Like, how do I do it? And I was like, you know what? I ain't got nothing to do. It's COVID. We locked down in Toronto. So I decided just to say, you know what? I'm going to publish one every month for six months. So from April, April 1st was the first one, 2020. And then September 1st, 2020 was the last book in the series. And then uh, No Handouts was published. March 30th, 2021. So actually I wrote seven books in 363 days and published because no handouts hadn't even, I hadn't even started writing it when I was writing the Sienna series. <laughs> I'm shook. <laughs> Holy crap on a cracker. Okay, okay, explain something to me. How many hours a day are you writing? You know what? For the Sienna, it's like I would, I would say I wanted to do two hours i would try to do and sometimes i would say i want to hit two thousand words like i would choose an amount of hours it, it was funny because the sienna series was easier to write because it's 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 fiction to some extent we will go into that mm-hmm. the no handouts for black girls and you've, you've read it that mm-hmm. was that was harder i had to dig really deep because it was such a personal story and mm-hmm. how how it started and and where it actually went was very different than i than i thought but mm. I know for me, it was like, I would actually schedule it. So I would be like, I'd like to do two hours. I break them generally down into one hour sessions. Mm-hmm. And so I either do them back to back, or I would do it where I do something in the morning and something in the afternoon. And then there were times I was just inspired to write. So I would just write. But for me, it was important that I scheduled it in my day. So it became um, a routine. Okay. I see how that could, I see how that works. I'm doing that right now. And so it's, it's literally like, I don't even know how this happened, but that's a that's a whole other story. <laughs> I want to know that story, girl. That's like a whole other story. I literally fell into it. Like I literally feel like I'm standing on my head writing this book. Like I'm just like, what? How do you know how this happened? Like that's that's how it feels. That's how I felt for no handouts. Like I was just it was writing, and honestly, the the what you read was actually started out as 355 pages. That's insane. <laughs> It got like cut, 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 cut into what into what you see right that, now. But that's what I would suggest. Just write because the editing process is brutal, and so you're going to get like most of it's going to be chopped down. I, I clearly thought I was writing like Gone with the Wind or Color Purple. 
I was like, my editor was like, da, 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 da. Um, but I love, <laughs> I love, I love what we were able to, um, we were able to put together. So yes. What? Yes. The final product is absolutely amazing. And, and it's, it's the perfect amount. Um, it's the perfect length. It's, it's, yeah. I, I can't even speak enough about how amazing this book is. Like it's guys, like seriously. And we're going to get you to do to hopefully, I don't know. I didn't ask you to do this, but I'm going to put you on the spot. Pick an excerpt and just read a little bit. I will. I will. Okay. Oh, okay, great. I'm ready. Okay, great. Whatever. Awesome. I got this. I was like, just on the fly. Let's just do it. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> so tell me, what are you reading right now? Funny enough, a hell of a lot of nothing. <laughs> so here was my thing. <laughs> last year, I think last year, I probably did about 20 to 25 books last year. Like, I wow. just went through, because I have the Libby app on my phone. So the Libby app for people in Toronto the Toronto Public Library has an online app where you can download and you can borrow your books that way because, of course, the library was closed. Right. So I wasn't physically able to go in. And so I was reading a heck of a lot more um, last year. This year, I, honestly, because I wanted to get my book out, I've read my book several times, but I haven't read a bunch of books. I will say, however, last year into, I guess, this year, because I finished it, I think I finished the third one this year, Sister Soldier's Midnight Series Oh. is fire there it's a it's very long books each book was probably about 600 and something pages I mean, and i think i did all three um like i would get them again from the library because sometimes i had to do on hold i was finishing them in like four or five days like i would just get into it like it is well written so if you're into like sister soldier midnight series there's three books in the series mm -hmm. get that i'm upset like i literally am obsessed with that that series i can't say enough Okay, I'm gonna have to look into that. So many, um, a lot of people, it's on their favorite book list. A lot yeah. of people love those books, and I yeah. haven't read not one. Not read one. it. Start. Um, make sure you start with Midnight, which is the first one. I, I'm telling you, like I was like waiting. I like I put my it's on hold, and I'd be waiting. Like right as soon as they said it's, I'm like borrow. <laughs> <laughs> and I would read it before bed. I was reading it if I wasn't the one driving. Like, I was just reading. Like, I love that series. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. All right. So, actually, I think you already answered this question. This question was, how did you manage to write seven books in just under a year? But you pretty oh, much but... answered that question. <laughs> so we're going to move on to something a little more juicy. So, specifically, as it relates to the Sienna series, before we get into No Handouts, Tell me why you chose erotica. Um, because my friends have told me that my love life uh, sounds like porn. <laughs> I listen. You should have. Maybe I should have sent you the answers to the questions so you'd know what you got. Listen. <laughs> no. I really, I love authenticity and I love your transparency. It's it's totally cool. <laughs> I no, didn't I was that, like, Let me. Let me write about um, what I know, and I know sex. So um, I, I started, here's the, no, this is the first time I'm saying this. So here's the thing. When I started writing the Sienna series, what I wanted to do was I wanted to bring up a topic within our community that's generally not spoken about, and that's homosexuality and lesbianism. Okay. And so when I started the series, um, Sienna, who's the main character, the person that she falls in love with was actually going to be a woman. Ah, so, okay. 
I started it with that in mind, and I don't know what happened, but I ended up turning it into this this gentleman, Justice, who, I, and, and I eventually might tackle it, but for some reason, as I because the first part of the book, that the Justice character has no name, and that was on purpose, and I didn't refer to sex or anything, because I wanted it to be like a bam, because I really wanted to explore um, bisexuality and so forth and so on. And then I was just like, I decided once I started going to just turn it into a male, and then I gave him a name, Justice. He's a lawyer, uh, so creative. Um, but it was one of those things where it was like, I enjoy sex. I, you know, I, I know about the dancing world. Um, let's put this together and great magic. And Sienna was born. And Sienna was born. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. is super interesting. Uh, when we're not, when we don't have an audience, I'm going to need some stories. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, I don't want what you know <laughs> isn't that what they say isn't that what they say though they right say, what you know and at the end of the day i feel like sometimes your heart wants to tell a story and you have to just let it go let your heart tell that story like um in terms of what i'm writing now i had no idea sick i was literally just jumping out a window because i was like i need to get comfortable with people reading yeah. writing because i was so not comfortable and I was like, I got to really push myself out of my comfort zone in this specific area. Because uh, I've been writing for so long. I write every day. Like, that's what I do for work is I write. <laughs> so in terms, <laughs> from a business perspective, from a corporate proposal perspective, people read my writing all the time every day. And I have no problems with that. Yeah. But to get my, anyone to, or allow anyone to see the creative aspects or read yeah. that. It's like, no. And so I literally just threw, threw myself out a window and was like, yeah, I'm going to write. I'm, I'm going to write and I'm going to publish it on Instagram. And who reads it, reads it. Who doesn't read it, don't read it. I don't care, but I just got to do I it. And I love I had that. no idea. For the first week, friends were messaging me like, what's happening? When, what's <laughs> going to happen next? Who is this character? Why are they doing this? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Girl, I Why didn't know either. Questions? I didn't know either. From book to book in the Sienna series, I have to be honest, I did not know what was going to happen next. I would sit down and I would feel it. And I, I actually wrote with music. I found that that helped writing, especially some of the mo more erotic scenes. And I wanted to really write a Black, a really good Black love story that mm -hmm. tackled, like, you know, Black love in, in, in an interesting way because, you know, I, I throw therapy in there and like, you know, different, the, the relationships between males and, 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 and how that works. And what I did was I, I would tell the story from each of the characters' perspective. Mm -hmm. So there'd be a, a, the same, same situation would be told from Justice's perspective and then Sienna's perspective just to see what they were both thinking in that situation. So, you know, putting my mind in that space, I would listen to certain music when I was writing the sex scene, like Floor Tree Say Yes, Oh, girl, that would be banger. on repeat. <laughs> that, that track bangs. So, <laughs> so what you say yes got me through okay. um, some of those scenes, girl. So, but no, I understand where you're saying like writing because it's so personal. Yes. Right. I was the same thing in the business world. I could write stuff all the time. I was constantly writing stuff for my staff. I was constantly writing stuff for meetings. Like I was constantly writing and my consulting, it was writing for other people. I've written for other people. But when it came to like th these stories, I was kind of like, this, is anybody going to read this? Does, yeah. 
anybody get and i was just like you know what even if nobody does publishing created a legacy for me yes, right sir. like my my name will live on through these books well after i'm gone yes and that was the part for me that i pray and hope people show up and i pray and hope people buy it but i wanted to ensure that if there was another way out, outside of having a child i would say publishing your work so i would say girl take that off instagram find it up put it on amazon self publishing i i got you i'll tell you exactly what you need to do but get that out cuz honestly feeling your book in your hand like hugging like it is a whole different thing when you get that book and you're like i did that right that's amazing i'm not i'm just i just need to do that that's that is like so cool to me i love seeing people go after things and really do it with their full their full self and show up with their full self and i love that so congratulations on on making that happen for yourself all right so let's jump into no handouts for black girls what what experience or was it a single experience led you to decide to write the book no handouts for black girls so girl it was it was a single experience however it ended up triggering all of the other things that i endured in the corporate world and then life again life in general but it was a single incident and the incident that i talk about in the first chapter say what now that right. almost made me lose my religion okay because <laughs> So this is a great place where we can actually let's jump to that. Do you want to find that? Let's read that little bit for the audience and so that they have an understanding of what that experience was and how it led to this book because I'll tell you when I read it I was like that where's my Vaseline? I got to tie up my hair. Let me pop out these earrings because whoa. We're about to find it. it. <laughs> Okay, so y'all, here it is. Go ahead, Tashiba. This so this is, this, from is, this is chapter one, and, and this is the beginning of chapter one, and it's called Say What Now? You know they only asked you because you're Black, right? Say what now? No, this non-melanated bitch did not just look me in my face and say that to me. Clearly, she doesn't know who the fuck she's talking to. She obviously wants to get her ass dragged out this damn room and beat in front of all of these other non-melanated bitches. I'm tired of these women feeling as if they can say whatever the fuck they want without repercussion. While her privilege isn't going to save her today, I'm going to wipe the floor with this bitch. This is the conversation I replay in my mind when I think about the moment those words escaped my white colleague's mouth after I just informed her that I'd been invited to speak at an event. Instead of the fake ass congratulations I expected to receive, I got that bullshit. As much as I'd wish I'd beat that bitch's ass, that isn't what happened. I walked out of her office in shock and mad at myself that I somehow had allowed her to feel it was cool to speak to me that way. Had I really conformed to this bullshit corporate world and worked my ass off for Becky to feel bold enough to diminish my accomplishments the 10 words, the fucking nerve. The nerve. Okay, so take me back to that moment. What was going through your mind when she said that to you? Aside from like you did a <laughs> job of like articulating, you know, but I just thought like the effrontery of it, the surprise of it. What were you what were you thinking? What were you feeling? I was it was you know what was one of those moments that when it happens you're like, am I is this real? Like am I in this situation? So I had just gotten back from a meeting and I was doing a clothing drive 
for um, um, disadvantaged communities in Toronto. It happened that we chose the community that I grew up in, which is downtown St. James, down Bleecker Street. And so we had gone to um, another meeting, her and I, because she said she was going to help me with the drive. They, they, they came back to me and said, we'd like a, a second meeting because they had a misunderstanding. So when I, I went to the second meeting alone, while I was there, I cleared up the misunderstanding. They said, okay, great. We'd love for you to do it in the community. And since you're from the community and we're so proud of what you're doing, we'd love for you to speak at a Women's Day event. And I thought, amazing. I would love to do this. My mom still lives in the community, right? Like, she'll be so proud. This is amazing. So, girl, I go back to the office, and I'm basically saying to her, don't worry. You know, situation's dealt with. You know what? I turned it around so much, they actually asked me to speak at their women's event. And, like, those words just came right out of her mouth. You know, they only ask you because you're black, right? And I was like, and I was in the doorway of her office. So she's sitting down. I'm in the doorway. And I'm kind of like, But that, I literally, that was, I can, was a moment where I was like, did those words actually just come out of her mouth? Like, did she just say that I'm only being asked to do something because I'm black? I'm thinking, when are they hold, like handing out honors to black women because we're black? And I honestly, like I said, I really did say, that's how I felt in my head. And I remember just walking off. Mm-hmm. And, and going back to my own office. Right. Because I was like, she's about to make me lose my religion. And I've worked very hard in expensive ass therapy and meditation, 10 to 20 minutes a day. But listen, <laughs> okay, I, I can't let this woman with all her privilege take me there right. because I'm, I'm not going to make it back from there. Right. And so it was, you know, and you've clearly read the book. I won't give away too much, but it was everything that kind of happened after that. And um, I don't, th I think what I don't say in the book is after going through it and, and, and telling, you know, people what happened and, and finally talking about it. And, and as you know, from the book, I was told to apologize to her when right. she started crying in the meeting because, right. you know, I apparently misconstrued her words because, you know, she loves black people and all that stuff. My position happened to be eliminated 15 days later. That's what I don't put in the book. Um, yes, girl. I'll just say no more because I got an NDA, but yes, girl, 15 days later, my position was no longer needed. Because mm -hmm. I, I didn't apologize. What am I apologizing for? So you use, you use your tears because, oh my God, I didn't mean for you to take it that way. It, it was a joke that I can't believe. Like, and, and then I was told because she started tearing, she was clearly upset that I had misconstrued her words in any other way that she meant it. And so that apology never happened. And dum, 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 dum. Uh, literally 15 days later, my position was no longer needed. Well, that says a lot about that organization and how they felt about you. Right? After working twice as hard for half as much. Right. Let me not descend, because... <laughs> Get on to your next questions, girl. Yeah, but I feel my people spiraling. will pick up the book. Pick up the book. No handouts for black yes. girls. Please, please pick up the book. It is a great book. And I, I, I might read another um, excerpt because I think I know one of your favorite chapters. Yes. And I will. <laughs> you know we're talking about it. <laughs> we're going to talk about it. Okay. So, okay, with that in mind, considering that was the event that led you to want to write the book, tell me what you want people to take away from the book. Um, so there, I would say there are four things in my, my laptop dies. So I mean, I had them all written down, but I would tell you, um, 
The work twice as hard for half as much is BS. We need to stop teaching that to our children, especially our girls, right? You know, young Black women are becoming the most educated group of women. And we're getting these messages that, yes, even though you've gone out there and done so much to get yourself in a position to be hireable, you now are going to need to work twice as hard as your white female counterpart to even be acknowledged. And I'm like, um, Becky with the good hair is not getting that message at the dinner table. What are we talking about? And then we go out there and work twice as hard for half as much. And... We, our voices are muted. We don't get that promotion because we're busy training Becky with the good hair who does get the product. Like we go through all of these things and then we have all of this PTSD and, and, and all of this rage and all of this stuff. Enough. Like, like I, it's enough. Number two to that, I would say, if, you're, if you do believe in the work twice as hard for half as much, go do it for yourself. Like, you that are part. never, ever, ever, ever. No one is, listen, no boss has ever paid an employee to go live beside them. That Let's be part. clear. You're never going, your boss isn't paying you enough so you can move into their neighborhood. So you can go and tap dance and do the Grateful Negro Olympics all you want at work. You are never. <laughs> okay. Like, come on. The show, be me for who I am. Girl, bye. Ain't nobody trying to see that. Okay, they ain't gonna pay you to go live beside them in their neighborhood. They're not paying you to go live in Bridal Path. They're not paying you to go live in Avenue Road. So if you're going to work twice as hard, do it for yourself. Simple. All right. Stop tap dancing. Okay. So All that right. I would say. Um, I would say the third thing is be authentic. It, it is so tough as a black woman in the corporate world to be authentic, and I, it is so important for us in this new generation coming that authenticity is important because a lot of the times honestly this code switching i'm not a fan we've all done it in some way without sometimes consciously recognizing that's what we're doing time. and i'm cool with it and you don't recognize it and sometimes you don't even realize it white people don't have to code switch no. they they show up who they are you hear them at the water cooler sometimes just go to the water cooler and listen to the conversations they're having about their weekend they're not code switching. They're showing up as who they are. So, you know, try as best as you can. And I know it's difficult, but be as authentic as you can, because I'm telling you, the PTSD that we're suffering when we go into these spaces, um, it will be minimized. And my fourth thing is sometimes you are single because you're a bitch. Full stop. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> when you see me do that and I look off, I'm looking at the other camera. There is no other camera. <laughs> <laughs> it's my, my stare off into the middle distance because I'm shook in. <laughs> Mic drop moment. Um, I love that. I love that. If you're going to work hard, work for yourself. Sometimes it really is about you. Don't do this twice as hard for half as much kind of foolishness and be authentic. I love those messages. That is absolutely um, what I got from the book when I read it. So Thank you. if that was your intention, you nailed it. Killed it. Thank you, girl. <laughs> You're so welcome. Um, next question. What is the most, what has been the most rewarding experience um, in writing the book? What has been most rewarding? Being able to create my own narrative. 
And I think sometimes, again, you being in the corporate world, you can understand that sometimes, you know, I've been working since I was 17. I've been, I got my first corporate job at 22. Um, you know, I left the corporate world essentially at 40. So you're looking at 18 years. It's you know, like a whole adulthood going from one corporate job to the next and, and, and being in that world and realizing that often our voices are muted. Um, you know, they might want you, and I've been at the table, they may want you at the table, they don't necessarily want to hear your voice unless you're saying what they want you to say to advance whatever is happening. At least that has been my experience. And I've heard from other women, it is. if it isn't your experience, kudo, like, God, I'm so happy for you. But so many women have told me that's their experience. Mm -hmm. Writing allowed me to really create my narrative, whether it was the fictional Sienna series or this book, mm -hmm. I was able to tell my story in my words, in my way. And that's also why I self-published. You know, I could have really shopped the book around and, and, and done all of that and waited and, you know, hopefully somebody will pick it up. But I knew that by telling the story this way, mm -hmm. it was going to be up for a lot more editing. And they're going to say, well, we want it to be to a broader market. And so you need to, like, I speak to Black women. I am mm -hmm. a Black woman speaking to other Black women in Black women vernacular about Black women shit. Right. <laughs> so, like, you, you know, and my editor, I, I don't know if she's on, She's also a Black woman who knows what we deal with. Mm -hmm. And so the last thing I wanted to do was be in a situation where someone says, um, maybe um, saying you're single because you're a bitch isn't quite... Nah, bitch. Th they need to hear they say because they're a bitch. <laughs> like, no, I'm not going to change that. Like, I, I just didn't want that. And so, you know, self-publishing clearly has its pros and cons. For me, the pro is, again, writing you know, my words, my way, and delivering exactly how I want. So I created my own narrative. Okay. I love that. And that in be, by, by doing that, it goes back to what you said. It allows you to leave a legacy. Yeah. So there is always going to be something that yeah. really truly defines the way you think about your circumstances, about yeah. your lived experience as a Black woman, and in your own words. Yeah, and you're never gonna have to feel some type of way about that because it's it's genuine, it's authentic to you. There you go. Yeah, I love that. Um, all right, if you had to sit down with like a, some a twenty something year old black woman and she is about to enter the corporate world for the first time, what advice would you give her? Uh, find a mentor. Um, so many of us go into this world completely unprepared. We go in you know, wide-eyed and bushy-tailed because, again, we got told at the table that if we work hard and we do all the right things and we go to university and we get with surf, surf a ticket, as my mother like call it. It's not surf a degree, we get with surf a yes. ticket, okay? <laughs> that, that, that everything in, in the world is going to open up and that's not our reality. And so, you know, I wish when I think about it, you know, at 22 going to the corporate world, I had sought out a mentor of some sort to kind of help me navigate um this world um and funny enough the mentors that i have now are white males let me tell you something about white males they run this world let a white man tell you what to do <laughs> like i love nothing against black female mentors i think it is important to have several mentors you should have a variety of mentors for a variety of things but it's very interesting to hear a white male perspective on the world at large and how they advise you to navigate it. And then that's the reality. We need help 
navigating through the BS. Because a lot of what we're learning, we have to unlearn in order to rise the ranks in the corporate world. That's the reality. That's so like honestly get a mentor. Like get a get a get a mentor. And I would say try, you know, try to be as authentic in the beginning of your career so you never feel like you have to give up your voice. And again, a lot of the times because of code switching and different things that we do, we lose our authenticity. Mm -hmm. um, and we're, you know, we're, we're again, because we're trying to navigate this world, work twice as hard, and there's all of these different messages that we're getting. We feel that that's the only way to get the seat at the table. There is some terrible messaging happening right now, and I write about it in the book as well, but I actually was on LinkedIn the other day and saw somebody giving the same advice about the fact that if our names are hard to pronounce or they're mm -hmm. sound ghetto sounding, we need to change them, maybe shorten it, use a middle name, whatever the case might be, in order to fit in. And I thought, again, with and this was being given by black women. Yeah, there, there was that white woman, this wasn't a white HR person or a white consultant, or these are black women saying, mm -hmm. if your name is not something that a white person would can pronounce properly or what you know like Latisha or something like that you should probably change it mm -hmm. and I was just like that is so dangerous because honestly I truly believe our names are the first gift our parents give us 100%. and do you really want to work in an environment that they excluded you just based on your name so you go in and you you shorten your name to something that's more white sounding right and then they, they 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 bring you in. My girlfriend did do that though. She she we did this experiment where she put same resume, her name, her real name, and then we took the same resume and put a white sounding name. Oh yeah, she got more callbacks with the white sounding name. And, and we it was like we were like let's just do the experiment. And she was like like and it was like f this. Like I don't want to work for these companies because right. it's the same. I'm the same person with the same level of experience with the same company. And right. because then I was just like. Why do we, like, why do we, again, we're playing this grateful Negro Olympics, wanting to fit into spaces where they don't want us. Like, since they don't want you there, and I get that we have to work, and I get that that's, and I get all of that. But it's like, if that's what you have to do to get through their door, what else do you think you're going to have to do once you're on the other side? Right, right, right. When you pay so the person, you got to keep paying the person. So whatever oh, it is, whatever fake funk you got to do to get it, you're, it's the fake funk that you got to do to keep it. And it's, that's just what it is. And the moment you deviate from that, you're out the door. I promise you. Okay. <laughs> oh, that part. It's, oh boy. Mm. That part. <laughs> that part. Yeah, it's real. I, I can't, like, I don't know how else to articulate this for people who are not who don't have this experience. And I really hope if you're watching and you're not a black female and you're starting to feel a little bit uncomfortable, I understand, but this is the reality. No. We're, we're keeping it a hundred. And for the people who know me, know me, like could actually call my phone or shoot me a message. And we've never had this conversation. And you're like, Nicole, legitimately, this is what life has been. Yes. 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 I don't no. often tell the stories of, about the things that I've gone through. No. In corporate Canada. Um, but how dare you? Um, but I've been through some stuff and I can tell you some horror stories. And it's, it's, Girl. it's all of this is, is just, Girl. 
It's it's we're, we're keeping really it two more than ninety eight right now throughout this entire conversation. <laughs> um, all right. So I, okay. So question twelve, you've already answered. I was going to ask you. I well, I did ask. Are you currently still working in corporate Canada? So the answer to that would be no. Okay. Correct. All right. I mean, so let's get into this. The good good. <laughs> let's get into the good good. So one of the things I absolutely hooray and like I if I could have gotten up and did a dance, I would have. Like <laughs> when I read it was about your your journey towards love and where you are now. And your your reasoning behind taking accountability for yourself mm -hmm. and doing the work okay mm -hmm. people, let me tell y'all something people talk about doing the work people don't do no, the they work they hop from yep. one situation to yep. the next bringing their baggage their trauma their excess their everything with them as they traverse from one person to the next, still wondering why they can't seem to make it work. They can't seem to figure out what is going on, what is going on, what is going wrong, any of that. And so when I got to this part where Toshiba <laughs> starts talking about love in her book and the things that she started doing differently and her experience with dating, her own beliefs about herself, how she had to get corrected. And I'm big about correction because correction Girl. is protection. Correction is love and correction is redirection. All okay. of that. I, all uh, Listen, you just spoke Girl. a whole chapter. Okay. All of it. So I, I literally was in the middle of the chapter. I stopped reading, <laughs> recorded a review, and posted it. Because Best review like, I've ever gotten, by the way. I downloaded it. I freaking loved it. I was like, I'm keeping this forever almost made me cry and I was like if no one else says anything about this book this alone I was like she gets it like she yeah. she she gets it because for me it was like I had to keep it real you know what I'm saying yeah, like you, you know I had all these sweet chapter names and my editor was like nah bitch like keep it real and I was like, okay well these are going to be the chapter titles because I was like we need to have real conversations with yes. each other because I really did girl I was out there thinking that I was killing the game I was not sis okay so let's talk about it so tell me, okay, I think the first question I want to know is how has this love changed you? You know what's so, what's so interesting is we go into relationships a lot of the times with this idealistic view, I think, of what relationships are. Relationships like anything else is work. It's, yes. a, lot of, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a Yep. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of work. Um, but it it becomes feels like less of a chore when you're with someone who sees you for all of you, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes. And wakes up every day and still chooses you. Right. Because that's the that's the point. We have to choose each other every day. Mm-hmm. Um, because some days I don't like him at all. Today is actually <laughs> one of them days. I am not his friend. <laughs> But I still love him, okay? And I'm, I'm, I probably will choose him tomorrow. We'll see. I'll let you know. But no, it was one of those things where after all of, my, I think all of the experience with corporate world and when you're in the corporate world, I know, I don't know about you, girl, but my dating life took a hit 
because I was working so many hours and then all of these things and, and you know, not, not really going out, turned to online dating, doing all these different things. And um, I really thought I was killing the game. Like I was out there. I'm like, Tinder, POF, like they love me. <laughs> it's just like, oh my God, I'm amazing. Look at these DMs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, like, oh. it's like, like I'm killing the game. Girl, no, I was not killing the game. Um, and so having someone who sees all of you, especially when I, I had to admit after walking away from that situation in the corporate world that they, the, I couldn't, I couldn't have given all of me in that world. And so I was compartmentalizing who I was. And that was a detriment to any relationship I was going to ever be in. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that I think was the important part. And I've learned patience, Lord, I'm not the most patient person. And he would say, if he was here, she still got a lot of work to do. And I would admit patience is not my strong suit. Um, but I've learned to be a lot more patient. Um, and also mindful of what I say. Listen, I'm Jamaican and I'm a hothead. And so I've learned to go, you know what? You're going to say this and it's probably not going to get you the result that you want. So a lot of times I cuss him in my head and he never knows what I'm saying. Because I'm like, in the grand scheme of things, is this word, this sentence, is whatever you're feeling going to help or hinder your relationship? And if it's not going to help, I often, I often don't say there are times that I, you know, I just because I'm making a point, I'm like, this has to be said. But I, I would say 80% of the things that I think I don't say them because I'm like, it's not going to help to advance the relationship. And it's actually a temporary feeling in a temporary moment. And this is not a temporary situation. Right. Ooh, that's so good. that is good. Okay, that jumps me right to my next question then. And I kind of feel like you've, you've touched on it, but let's dig a little deeper. Do you think it's necessary to prepare for love? Girl, yes. And, and, and it was funny because, you know, again, being Jamaican yourself, like therapy is a bad word. You know, God therapy, you got church. Right. It, well, you need for God therapy for you. And sit on and talk to some white people about your business. You don't have to tell your business to people, right? Like it's, it's, it's all of that. Um, and it was funny, you know, you know, I ended up in therapy and I will also add meditation and, you know, there are people who have whatever qualms about meditation. I'm a big believer that if you're going to speak to God, you need a moment to listen to him. And meditation is that moment for me. We're asking so much of the universe and God and Allah or Buddha, or whoever you believe in, how are we going to receive their message? Mm -hmm. And that meditation for 10 or 20 minutes that I do is my opportunity to try to at least try to shut everything down. Mm -hmm. and open my mind up to hearing what the universe wants, the message the universe wants to give me. So therapy really made me stop and go, really? Oh, mm -hmm. okay. Maybe I'm all kinds of messed up that I didn't quite realize. And maybe that's why I'm having like my, I mean, I, if you're doing the work, therapy, your therapist is going to make you cry. And I've cried in therapy because there is this, I remember the first time she said to me, you think more than you feel. And I was like, clutch my pearl. And it was like, she's like, if you want a relationship, you better learn to feel. You can't think your way through a relationship because the problem is that she, but you've already thought your way to the end of it. <laughs> this is why you don't do them. <laughs> right? But it's already ended before you've 
the gun because you, you don't feel anything. I'm like, I, and I, I and, and that I realized that was my life. I looked at my life and I realized I was, I was always coming up with a solution to something. Something would happen. I'd be like, so let's create the plan and we're going to do this and then we're going to execute it. And it's like, you can't take that. Stop talking to me. Stop talking to me. Executing a whole plan in a relationship that oh requires God. emotion. Oh, my God. <laughs> Girl, so you feel me. Okay. Like, feel me. Like, it's some serious stuff. And when she told me Ooh. that, this was like in our second session, I was like, okay, this $130 I paid out of my pocket might be just worth it. Because, like, she done, she done struck a nerve as I clutched my fake pearls on her couch. I was like, um, bitch, you ain't wrong. I guess I do. And, and, and that's when I realized, like, relationships are feeling. And, I, and, you know, I remember, and I think I put it in the book, I remember someone saying to me, in order to truly love, you have to be open to being hurt. And I was like, well, ain't that some shit? Who's, uh, who signed up for that? Like, right. Like who the line? I'm supposed to be like, oh yes, give me a side of hurt, please. What right. are we talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I realized that when you do give yourself to someone wholly and completely without an exit plan, right? I was going into things already with an exit plan. I'm like, the moment this just doesn't suit my purposes, I'm out. I'm gonna chuck a deuce, Cut. and my I'm cutting to say is I, I am okay cutting off my nose if that's Despite, what yeah. I have to do. <laughs> if I got to cut my nose off, that's what we're doing because I'm not, a, I'm not afraid. I'm not sticking around for this. <laughs> but then think about how much of us then in the corporate world stick out situations where we damn well know we shouldn't, but we out there you know, fighting for that but we don't fight for our relationships. And I'm not saying put up with blatant disrespect. Right. However, again, there are moments in that, that listen, your feelings are going to get hurt in, in, in relationships. Yep. That's the reality. You feel them are going to hurt your feeling yeah. because here's the difference between us. Women feel men think. Mm -hmm. So while we're feeling, they're thinking they're logical. We're emotional. That's how it works. Mm -hmm. And so, his logic and your emotions sometimes don't work. He's executing that plan and you're feeling. And my, my boyfriend has the term, he's like, F your feelings right now. Like, t look at the situation for what it is. Take it, like, listen, the good girl. <laughs> and, like, and, and, and he says it in, the, in, in, like, in his gruff, you know, deep voice, but he says it in the sweetest way because it's like, if you remove your feelings from the situation and see it for what it is, then we can deal with it. But the moment you start telling me you feel and this, he's like, as a man, I'm going to shut off because it's not about feelings. Look at the facts of the situation. Mm -hmm. And we out oh, there in our feels. That is so interesting. I'm good to a point. Like, I'm like, I have the emotions to a point and then I stop at that point and I'm just like, let's figure, let's, like, I've done, I'm done talking. I'm done now. I'm not feeling anything anymore. I'm over it. I've said what I had to say. Now, what's the next step? So I, I, I 100%, even though I reacted that way, that is 100% the way I am. Because, like, there comes a point where I need you to just focus on the, yeah. what, what are we doing? Let's, let's yeah. solve the problem. So I can, I can definitely appreciate that sentiment. Okay, so let me ask you this. I'm Do ready. you think you have to compromise in order to find love? Yeah, we don't live in a Disney movie. Listen, people have been fed this idealistic view 
from Disney and all of these things that love is just butterflies and rainbows and you're going to get everything you want and the prince is going to come and sweep you like No. No. No sis. No. Go sit down somewhere. Sit down. That's just not how it is. Like I'm a big believer if you if you if you watch why did I get married? They talk about the 80/20 principle. And that's essentially in any person and most things, especially people in a relationship, you're going to get about 80% of what you want. Mhm. Mm-hmm. There's going to be 20% of crap you don't want. So right. for me, it's like there's a difference between compromising on your non-negotiables yeah. and women and men, y'all need to have a list of non-negotiables. Yep. Right? So there's your list of non-negotiables and their list of nice to have. Right. I'm willing to give up some of the nice to have, but my non-negotiables, it's very difficult for me to give up those non-negotiables because those are things that are fundamentally important to me. Being a good father is fundamentally being family oriented. Like I'm not giving that up. Like you're not about to have, you know, seven beer be mother, uh, uh, seven picnic, like not my thing. <laughs> right? Like, it's just not for me. Cause really, n- no, like right. good for you. Boo. I'm not trying to be number eight. You've already shown me what you're doing with the other seven. Right. Like, so there are certain things that I'm, I'm not like for me, like I didn't want to have kids past my first one. And, and if people are here, they heard me say, I had my first child at 21. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to have additional children. Love my daughter to death. She is a blessing to me. Mm-hmm. But when I got pregnant with her, I wanted her. It wasn't even that I wanted a child. I wanted her. But I also knew after her, I didn't want anymore. Right. So imagine being, you know, 22 years old, 23 years old, 24 years old, because her father and I were together for about a year after she was born, and then we were done. So I'm back on the market at like, you know, 22, almost 23 Saying to men, I don't want kids. Hold on, I'm in, I'm in prime ripe years to get Pitney. So, <laughs> right? Like, they just want to shoot up the club, right? Like, and I'm like, mm, <laughs> not ripe. <laughs> right. My mom eggs them did ripe. Now they need Botox, but my eggs them did ripe. And so. <laughs> I don't want children. I don't right. desire children. So I was okay with men not choosing me for that. If you wanted children and you were 28 years old trying to date this 23-year-old talking about, I don't want no more kids, that didn't work for you. There are certain things that I recognized for myself. Were, like it, was a, it was on my non-negotiable. Men who wanted kids was not for me. Right. Because I, I, I wasn't going to do. So dating in the early part of my 20s, latter part of my 20s was interesting because of course, I mean, I dated, even dating older men, it was like a lot of them, funny enough, were in their 30s and didn't have kids. And it was like, nah, son, I'm not like, I am not incubating nothing here. Mama one pick me. That's how it's going to be forever, ever, forever, ever. And so, but that was my non-negotiables. I don't like smoking. It's, you know, nice to have is no smoker, but if he smokes, yeah, you can quit smoking right? You can't quit wanting to have a child, right? So there's certain things I would say, you know, there's our Mm non-negotiables and there's our nice to haves. And I think that there is some compromise that we need to have because again, we do not live in a Disney freaking movie. We just don't. I love that. Okay. You know, that's just, I I told y'all we were going to keep it, 
and then by i think we we got the deal like the end of october the beginning of november um someone i told about the show happened to be the executive director of the radio station popped in saw like 5 minutes it was like oh my god thank you ladies are incredible mm-hmm. how would you feel about a radio slot and i was like look at god <laughs> right and so Amen. and so you know we ended up getting this um uh, radio slot so we are on um iheart radio through um radio region on saturdays at 7 p.m. we do we have the radio show but the live show is saturdays at 3 p.m. eastern yeah. on not your typical girl talk on our instagram that is amazing guy can i tell you there are two questions left <laughs> how did this go so fast i know right i know right what about a cracker i'm literally like i'm looking at my list like really you can drop the ball on that girl i am i got this <laughs> i was like what okay so if you guys have been paying attention clearly to shiba is a personality. She's a mood, she's a vibe, she's an energy. <laughs> and if you want and if you want to experience more of this energy, you need to let the people them know where a they can get your books and then b all of your contact information. And then I'm going to wrap the episode up by telling you guys where you can find and watch things, shows and movies that kind of reflect this no handout for black girl type of Amazon but if you instead of searching for them you can go on my website which is i am toshiba t o s h i b a .com and actually link it so you can choose to go on Amazon you can also search for my name toshiba billings on Amazon i have an author page but if you just want to go to my website again i am toshiba.com i send you links to all of my books so the no no handouts for black girls on Amazon um for the paperback and the ebook but it's also the ebook only on Barnes and Noble and Kobo and Apple Books and all these different things but the link is there um the Sienna series is is on Amazon um but again all on my website i do actually want you to go to my website <laughs> go to the so, website guys i i am toshiba.com i can also be found on instagram toshiba monique it's my first and my middle name um so t o s h i b a and then monique m o n i q u e and then you can email me if you'd like at i am toshiba billings b i l l i n g s at gmail.com wonderful oh my gosh thank you so much and like i said i was going to wrap this episode with 
some shows and some movies that you guys can watch just so that you can understand where we're coming from and that kind of mm -hmm. has a really solid depiction. Some of these shows, I'm like, I'll tell you, obsessed, obsessed. So first for TV, I'll start with TV first. Scandal. Oh! Kerry Washington. Did that. Fonda Rhine. You know what I have my white on today, right? So it was like perfect because you know her like the white coat. Yes. Like I, anyway, but it's my white on today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, just I don't know how I, I don't know what else to say. Like Scandal is in my top ten television shows yep. of all time. Like Agreed. of all time, I've watched it the entire season, the entire series front to back many many times. It's currently on Netflix, and um, yeah, Scandal is a great show that kind of depicts. And really mm -hmm. kind of shows you what this experience is like. Being Mary Jane. Oh, all Gabrielle of that. Um, from BT, yes. If you're in the States, it's on Netflix. Um, in Canada, you just got to find it where you can find it. The reruns on BET. But I have yet to find it streaming. But when I do, I will let y'all know. Um, Check out on um, the website fmovies.com and see if they have it. It's bootleg. But F movies, girl, F like literally the letter F movies.com. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure. Just put up F movies because it might not be .com, but look that up because it's got a lot of stuff. Okay. Okay. Um, something more in, uh, something more recent, actually two more that are more recent and one that I'm mentioning just because Toshiba mentioned it, um, but was not originally on my list, but I'm, I have to add it is Insecure. Mm -hmm. Especially yes, season one, the Issa Rae's transition from where she was in mm -hmm. 30 at the first time to where she is now mm -hmm. at the end of season uh four going into season five is exactly this experience yeah yep. <laughs> but they, they're telling it from a comedic perspective and it's it's so worth it like it's a fantastic show Love it. 30 minute episodes hbo in canada hbo in um the united states wherever in the world that you are where if you can get hbo Insecure. Get into it. Agreed. Absolutely. Get into it. It's amazing. Um, another show also on the newer side, Queen Sugar. Ooh. Five, five episodes. So I need to watch good. That. So good. Charlie is she's that woman. And simply because simply because of the fact that she comes from the background that she comes from and she has the education that she has, living the life that she's living. She has these experiences, but she it's almost like slightly elevated because yeah. one, she's she's mixed. She's she was married to a basketball player. He cheated on her publicly. Um, she went through this public divorce. She decides she's gonna go home after the death of her father and um, try to build a mill um, as a black cane field owner and yeah, and and mill their own sugar. So now she's building generationally. But there is all of this um, opposition to what the what her and her family are trying to do, yeah. right? And because in the area that they are in, it's all owned by um, by white farmers, white millers, etc. So Queen Sugar, you got it. That is a Eva DuVernay production, and it's on OWN, OWN in Canada, OWN in the United States, but also I believe Bravo here in Canada as well. Perfect. So I'm going to have to check that out. I, ha I haven't done that one yet. I've done the other three, um, but definitely, you said five episodes. I can get through that tonight. Five I episodes. Got nothing to do. Girl, bad. There's four seasons. <laughs> four? Oh, girl. Okay, so no. <laughs> I'll get through it next week. Okay, I'll start oh, with queen. season one. 
It is amazing. It's amazing. Uh, and the eye candy. Oh, the okay. Eye candy. Yeah, Kofi. Yeah, Kofi. Kofi. Just listen. you okay yeah mm -hmm. all that chocolate goodness um and then the last one for tv i'll mention is how to get away with murder viola Davis. oh of course of course she's a beast she's a beast of course Annalise keating um one of probably the most prolific and multi-layered characters i've ever seen in, tele in television and um we need to stop saying that she's the meryl streep of whatever she's viola she is. thank you all of that her own not not taking anything away from Meryl. Meryl's bad on her own, but Viola is Viola, and there's no other comparison that needs to be made. Thank you. Um, she brings everything to the to the role, and uh, she executed she executes it flawlessly. Again, another Shondaland production, and I mean, we stand Shondaland over here. We stand like someone tell her. Thank you. Like I'm her biggest fan. <laughs> for movies, oh, for movies. Um, that really kind of relate to this and continue the conversation and kind of also depict the beauty as well as the difficulties. Fast Color, um, hmm. talk about that on episode two. It is actually a superhero film. It's about three generations of black women who are superheroes. Um, oh my God, I'm gonna watch that. Superpowers, please watch it. It is fantastic. I cannot, like I was actually blown away when I found out about this movie because I was like, how did nobody Black women? All of them? They all black? And they all have powers? What? Yeah, it's amazing. And it's dramatic and it's, oh, just, I have nothing but applause. Five stars. Fast color. Um, the color purple. I had to take it back, 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 back. That of movie course. to this day will make me cry. To this day. It, it is one of those for sure. If I am like, I just need to release. I'll, yeah. I'll watch the color purple. That That is probably one of the best depictions and Alice Walker's book is a masterpiece if you didn't have the opportunity to read the book read the book first Beautiful. and watch yeah. Steven Spielberg's yeah. adaptation he does a fantastic job I, I lost my mind the first time I heard that Steven Spielberg directed that movie I was like huh who the heck great what? job how did that happen he killed it I don't and fight with your mama on that one I don't care he killed it okay um also taking it back again sister act of Nothing course. needs to be said. <laughs> Nothing needs to be said there. Whoopi at her greatest, right? <laughs> Whoopi did that. Nothing. Like, it is what it is. It lives on its own. Um, another one that lives on its own, Waiting to Exhale. Sisterhood, camaraderie, support, love, affection, all of that. Um, in the Black female experience, you, you just... It's, again, another one. Whitney Houston, Lila Rashawn, uh, Loretta Devine. Like, just classic, classic stories. Um, that depict the Black female experience. And then finally, one that is a little bit of up and a little bit of down, but is current and relevant and tragic, unfortunately. And that's uh, Queen and Slim. And oh my God. Listen. Listen, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> Not Linda. <laughs> that just, it, it, listen, my daughter and I watched that and I was just like, I was not expecting that ending, but what a beautiful ending. It was uh, beautiful and tragic at the same time. There was like, no I was bawling and it was, it was a lot, but oh my, fantastically done. Like yeah. from beginning to end, I just was like, what's going to happen and next? And Jody, Turner, Jody Turner, yeah. I mean, yeah. she's so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> but she's so gorgeous. And she, she just, I just watched her in, um, 
Without Remorse with Michael B. Jordan. Yes. Let me tell yes. you something. I was getting, that is an action film. It is action, okay? But to see a commanding officer who is a dark-skinned Black female, not no weave, no, no perm, no lashes, nothing. Just 100% natural Love it. beauty in her, all her dark-skinned glory. Be the commanding, like, above rank, like, higher-ranking yes. officer than Michael yep. B. Jordan's character. And to watch them move through combat situations, I understand it's a movie, but these are not things that we see. Yeah, we loved see. it. I was like, I was like, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting a little bit emotional about this. Goosebumps, man. It was, it again. People do watch that movie because I loved it. I waited until April 30th. They said it was gonna be out. I watched it that night. Like Same. I was like, I'm gonna watch this movie. Same. Yeah. Good night. movie. Um, yeah. So. Those are some television shows and some movies that you can watch that will really kind of help you understand and that really do a great job of showing both the beauty and the difficulties of what life is mm -hmm. like um, trying to traverse this world as a Black female as, so as Toshiba so eloquent, eloquently described in her book, No Handouts for Black Girls. That is it. <laughs> we have come to the end, guys. Buy the book. You want to become a little more sexy? Go get the other books too, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but support your authors um i just have to shout out a couple of people uh because because this is video uh, my jewelry i have to shout out i am diana tracy collection for the earrings and for the necklace the layered necklaces um those are from her so i just have to shout her out um also that's my girl you know support local support your friends support 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 support, support. this is what all of this is about right um doing helping each other to actualize and and become the yep. highest vibrating versions of ourselves so that we can continue to support other people and continue to shift our crowns a little bit when they slide off, you know? Queens support queens, and that's what we'll be doing, and that's what this whole episode was about. So I just want to thank everybody for being here. Toshiba, thank you so much. Thank One you for, for coming on and being my first interview. <laughs> thank you so much. This was such a good time. I really enjoyed it. And um, yeah, the, the podcast, this episode will be up officially next week. Um, and um, the video, I will post the video shortly as well, all tagged. And I'll make sure that you have everything. And yeah, yeah I'll probably reach out to you if I got to check the audio. But once, uh, I'll probably reach out to you just in case if we got to get anything else done with it. But guys, I got you, girl. I'm here. Thank you. I appreciate you. We will talk soon because I need some wine and a Zoom call. And I need some <laughs> I got you. <laughs> All day, every day. You know, you're one of my favorite. We go back like 10 years, 10, 12 years. I got you, girl. <laughs> I love you so much. Take care. Tell your boyfriend thank you for loaning you to me for a little while. I will. Even though you're mad today. Even though you're mad. <laughs> I'm just saying. I might, I might choose him tomorrow. But we'll see. I'm gonna call his mom. I'm gonna call his mama and tell on him. It's yeah. okay. That's all you always gotta get in good with the mama. Always, always. But when he acts up, you just be like, I'm gonna call your mama. Call your mama and tell on him. Serious face. You gotta see it with your chest. <laughs> Thank you, my lady. Oh my you are doing an amazing job. Thank, Thank you, you for having me. We will talk soon. Yes, I appreciate you. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, babe. And you happy Christmas Day when it comes. Oh my God, thank you. That's tomorrow, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> All right, babe. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Bye, Bye guys. <laughs>